the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Hump day. Glad yeah. We got a little gremlin or something here, a little liberal gremlin trying to keep the show from getting off the ground. And I, we, I, we literally, as of like two seconds ago, we had no sound. I don't have my earbuds. If you're watching via Facebook Live, I know I look like a ridiculous radio dork right now with this headset on that I got on that's bigger than my whole head. But hey, you know what? I get to be here with you guys tonight for all the way till 7 p.m. If you're listening in your car on the radio, love to you out there. Stay safe. Um, hopefully you're not going to be faced with any protesters. I hear there's a protest going on in Mira Mesa. Hopefully it's not going to interfere with your drive home. If so, sit back and chill. Take a deep breath. And hopefully you're going to make it home safely. If you're watching via Facebook Live, keep those comments rolling there. Always uh, glad to have you guys there with me. Give us a call here, 888-344-1170. Gee, let's see, what is my question for the day? How do I phrase it like this? There is a movement going on in this country right now, a movement for unity. And the definition of this unity is that a certain group in this country needs to be willing to prostrate. Is it prostrate ourselves on the ground, begging for forgiveness, Pleading guilty to crimes that we didn't commit, that we're not sinful for, and being willing to declare America an evil country and racist regime. Are you willing to do that? Do you think that the, do you think that that's really the response that should be had right now? 888-344-1170. Glad to have you guys here with me. I might as well pose that question to my partner in crime here tonight and every night of the week. It's my buddy. It's DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. I will bring potatoes back bigger and better and stronger than ever before. And we will make potatoes great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. DJ DJ You know, Andrea, in order to keep America great, you know, and obviously we've made mistakes in the past, but guess what? I didn't make those mistakes. I am not a racist. And I'm not going to get on my knees and ask for forgiveness, bottom line. No, I, I'm not either. And, you know, there there is no uh, – um, this country was founded on – Gosh, there's so much to get into tonight because it, actually this is layered. This topic of the definition of unity and, oh, what, sure and what should we what what is the definition of unity as being, uh, and the definition of it from the left standpoint, which is you know just the, the left's definition of tolerance is is validation, right? You're not allowed to, the left that pretends that they're the party of diversity when really it's all about groupthink. Their definition of tolerance is that you submit and you validate their opinion. You're not allowed to have another one. And right now, this definition of unity. 
oh, we need to have unity right now, which means everybody out there needs to be ready to sit around in a circle and beg forgiveness of the people that are claiming that they're victims to us. And we are hearing that today from from people in the military. We got to talk about that. It's the theme going on uh, in the police departments around this country. Everybody is pushing for that right now. And anybody who's not willing to go along with it, including President Trump, anybody who did, Drew Brees, that's a, that's a factor in the story today because this is the big movement of our time right now. This is it. This is how the left is exploiting this. There is no diversity of thought. You're not allowed to have a difference of opinion. And right now, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to do what I just described, then you are, are a racist. You know, it's almost like Democrats wanting to be bipartisan and telling us, well, meet us halfway. No, their version of meeting them halfway is giving in to everything they want. Absolutely. And I, and I was struck today when we were watching, I was struck by the um, the uh, parallel stories today of, of injustice. We've got the family of George Lloyd visiting the site where in which George Floyd lost his lives today. And, and I was watching somebody there. It wasn't George, Flo- George Floyd's family, but there was somebody there. might have been Benjamin Crump, who, by the way, uh, participated in the hoax that was uh, the Trayvon Martin case. And the, the credibility that is being bestowed upon this man is enough to make me turn my stomach. We've got Obama that spoke at 5 p.m. today, the man who who uh, perpetrated the hoax on America of hands up, don't shoot. You know, what's funny is um, I, I, I had a, one of my followers on on Twitter, which I use for perusing. I'm not even really posting right now, but he came out and said he can't remember, and he's very detailed. He's got his own podcast. Can't remember one thing that Obama said as far as making a point. He had none. No, of course he isn't, because all he's been about from day one is about fanning the flames of division. Right. You know, I had somebody coming at me speaking of Twitter saying, you know, uh, uh, basically demanding that I fall on my sword of, of white privilege and declare that I've had more op- and, uh, opportunities and that life has been easier for me because of my skin color, which is inherently racist. It, when your movement is about subjugating whole, a whole race of people to submit to you, you're the racist. And that's not about equality, and that's not about justice. I was struck today because all these protests and these rights are all in the name of justice, and we've got to have a justice system that works for all. We've got to have equality of justice. And I'm like, okay, I'm with you there. But where were you people? Where are you, were you paying attention to Rod Rosenstein before Congress today and what that story is all about? I submit to you and suggest to you that there's a, there's a lot of different levels and different types of police brutality going on in this country today. And the left, of course, doesn't care about the fact that the that the law top law enforcement agency of this of this country, the FBI, with the DOJ, was weaponized and used to destroy people in this country for political reasons. Absolutely used to destroy. That's not police brutality. It's not police brutality to have Jim Comey and Lisa Strzok and and pay. Uh, Lisa Page and the rest of them decide that they were going to go and destroy. Everybody's talking about Mad Dog Mattis. Now he's come out against Trump. How about you? Why aren't you talking about General Flynn? And the police brutality inflicted on him through a weaponized deep state. From Mr. Obama Gate himself, who spoke at five o'clock tonight. Hat tip to Ted Cruz today. We've got Tom Debacar is going to be here to give us a rundown. He watched every bit of the Rosenstein congressional hearings today. But I just cannot believe the gall, the unmitigated gall of Obama, as Ted Cruz said today, that there was nothing that Nixon, that anything that Nixon could have ever even dreamt of with Watergate paled in comparison between what the Obama-Biden administration did in weaponizing the FBI, the DOJ, and the intelligence communities 
and politicize them for the specific target of, of interfering with our elections and going after people for political reasons and seeking to destroy them. And if you care about justice in this country, you care about that and you'll speak out on that. But these are the same people that refuse to mention the names David Dorn, right? Right? How many I, – I, to at, at this moment, I don't believe that CNN or MSNBC has dared to speak his name. He is the former captain of the St. Louis Police Department who was murdered by looters last night. I'll tell you what. If someone has it, let us know. But I've been watching those networks uh, a lot, unfortunately, the last few days. I haven't heard it. Right. You know, they're, they're, they are right. There is two different justice systems in this country, particularly when it involves politics. These same people crying injustice today over George Floyd and, and what's happening here in our police departments don't seem to care that Christian Saucier went to jail for a year for six photos on his phone while Hillary Clinton violated the Espionage Act, destroyed 30,000 pieces of government property under evidence, used the State Department in a pay-for-play scheme, sold off uranium to Russia. Need I go on? How about the fact that she and Obama denied urgent 400 requests from Ambassador Stevens, denied them being removed from Benghazi, knew that a terrorist attack was being planned, refused to send any help their way, and allowed Americans to fight for their lives for 13 hours in a terrorist attack after which four Americans died. And nobody, nobody was held to account for that. You want to talk about injustice. Being the family member of one of the four Americans who died in Benghazi and, and the, the survivors having to be flown home from some other country's airplane because Obama and Hillary were too busy launching their cover-up for it. You're right. There's, there's, there is not equal justice going on in this country today. And there won't be until somebody within the Obama-Biden administration, somebody within the FBI and the DOJ actually – does a perp walk and not only is prosecuted, but serves some time for it. I'm not I'm not holding out hope that it's going to happen because we don't have anybody really legitimately protesting on behalf of true justice in this country. True equal justice under the law means that the likes of of a, a president like Barack Obama doesn't get away with it. The left is all you. Yeah, you want equal justice under the law. Then you will you will be not just for President Trump to be investigated criminally involving as well as his children and his grandchildren. You'd be right now calling for Obama to be facing justice for his role in Obamagate and the illegal spying of the opposition party campaign, the use and and lying to the FISA courts in order to make that happen. And unless you're prepared to call out that injustice, don't complain to me about equal justice under the law for your side. I do want to make mention that uh, there is a local story here. I don't know if you happen to see it, uh, DJ Potato Skins, the local uh, La Mesa police officer in which the rioters have justified burning down La Mesa and stealing and destroying businesses there. The the body cam footage was released of the local police officer. I heard that the footage had been released, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I, we, we, we still miss, even with the body cam footage, the initial uh, parts of the altercation. What I will tell you is that the brazen, arrogant, crappy behavior on the part of the young man, he was, is astounding to me. He was egging them on, gloating. Oh, thank you. Thank you for for doing this to me. He was looking for a way to get his name in the news and to get him and and to to find some police officer that he could go into um, mistreating him so he could get his 15 minutes of fame. I'll tell you what, to anybody out there that thinks that they can get away with that for an extended period of time, good luck with that. Right. Uh, well, he was uh, ended up being arrested for um, resisting arrest. So, so we'll see what happens there. 
Uh, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Tom DeBacaro. He watched uh, the Rosenstein hearings today, and he's going to—he's just going to summarize it. We're going to give you guys what you need to know. Some extraordinary stuff did happen today. And um, also update you guys, the other officers involved in the George Floyd uh, murder were uh, charged today. So we got lots to talk about. 888-344-1170. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is hump day here. 888-344-1170. The question of the day for you guys is, are you ready? Are you ready to join the unity bandwagon to, uh, to, to get together en masse, kind of like the, the old Mooney weddings? Uh, wasn't, it the, wasn't it the Moonies that used to have, like, gangs of, of people, all these hundreds of couples together get, having these marriage ceremonies? Are you guys ready to do this all gang together, ma- hundreds of ma- uh, masses of hundreds of you w- willing to tweet out hashtag white privilege and accept guilt and, and apologize for who you are and declare America's bad and evil and beg for forgiveness at some big ceremony? How's you- this? Hashtag no. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's the question of the day, 888-344-1170. At the open of the show, I was talking about injustice in America and the the cries for equal justice. Um, of course, nobody on the left is concerned about the injustice, the police brutality involved in a weaponized FBI and DOJ against the Democrat Party opposition's uh, political opponents. Here to discuss what went down at the Rosenstein hearing today is my buddy, attorney, author of books like The Divided Era, and former congressional candidate against Aunt Gloria Kamala Harris herself. It's Tom DelBacaro. Hey, how are you? Did you just give me a lead that included the Moonies? Because I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. Well, I mean, clearly you see. I don't know if you've seen uh, the the video I posted last night on oh, Facebook yeah, no, of all no, these people. They're begging forgiveness today. We've got our military out there kneeling in front of rioters today. The United States military should never take a submissive posture anywhere. Tom DeBacaro, I got to talk about that later involving Esper today and Mad Dog Mattis. But today's definition of unity, and I want you to speak on this before you, we get into Rosenstein. Today's definition. You you wrote the book, The Divided Era. Now that now the message is the only way we can be unified, Tom DeBacaro, is if all Americans, white Americans, get down on our sword, beg forgiveness, uh, give all the reasons, get on Twitter and name all the ways that our white privileges benefited us and declare America evil. You ready to do that? Um, I am ready to say that throughout all of history, centralized government and socialism has been sold on disorder and, and class warfare. This is a version of this. You see all this disorder out there. You see this notion that one sector of society oppresses another, whether it's by money or in this case, they're uh, racially, and they shame people into the alternative, which is always bigger government and socialist movement. This is You know, this happened in 4th century B.C. This happened at the end of the Roman Republic. This is not new except for in detail. And so 
I, you know, I never thought, you know, I started reading history books literally as a young teenager. I never thought as a teenager reading what I just described to you, I would see with my own dying eyes. I don't know how to say that right. But we're seeing it now. And, you know, are there bad people out there? Of course. As America, done more good for the world than any other country on earth including with respect to racial issues? Yes, because the land of the most important thing is opportunity. I learned a very strong lesson uh, when I was going to law school one summer in Singapore. And if you've never been to Singapore, certainly not in the 80s, 86, I was there. I saw all of these nationalities and races working together without qualms. And I learned there firsthand, although I had known it from my readings, that when you have a growing economy where people's association is dependent on or a, a main focus of it is opportunity, you can find harmony. But when you shut down the economy and when you listen to the words of class warfare, you destroy all of that. Right. And one of the things, speaking of the word opportunity, before we get into Rosenstein, somebody was coming at me for Twitter saying, uh, you know, you've got white privilege. You you had more opportunities than me. And I said, you don't know anything about me. You don't. So but you you claim that, you know, based upon my skin color. So you tell me right now what opportunity I had in this country that you didn't have. We're going to talk about college. I could sit here and give you my story about how at 17 I had to drive, fi- figure out how to find my way into downtown New Orleans, find my way to the Whitney Bank without a map and go inside and try to get myself a student loan. And then I worked five nights a week. Okay. So again, what opportunity had, did I have because of my skin color, this, that black Americans don't have. In fact, they have affirmative action. In fact, I would suggest to you that African-Americans in this country have greater opportunities than in in many ways than white kids. In fact, last comment on this, uh, I was a poli sci major and I wanted to get a summer job and was told in new Orleans, those didn't go to any of the white kids. Those went to black kids. So there's been a whole lot of efforts made to right the wrongs enough already. And at some point, we've got to stop feeding. I refuse to feed the monster of victimhood. And this is what I told this woman. There's always lesson in America. Le, number one lesson in life, I think, in general, one, one of the life's lessons is that there's always going to be somebody with more than you. I wish I had been born a Rockefeller. Kids, kids that I knew in, in my sorority that were born uber wealthy had, had greater opportunities than I did. And you can sit around feeling sorry for yourself all day long or you can go and seize what opportunities are out there for you and do something with your life. But it's a, it's a real problem that we've got Republicans feeding this nonsense and feeding, feeding this monster. Let's talk about the, the feeding the monster that is the injustice going on with the weaponized FBI and the DOJ. What are your takeaways today from the Rosenstein congressional hearing? Well, do you want the? Can you believe they say that said that version, or what's the the nuggets of what's really important? The thing I had to listen to Amy Klobuchar, whose vice presidential career is over based on yeah. Minnesota and her refusal to prosecute, sit there and say we should be doing other things after three years of Democrat nonsense. Three weeks into this. They're saying we have better things to do. Dick Durbin did that as well. That, that had to me was the most cynical, laughable thing. That they, And obviously they don't want the truth to come out. If, if I pick a nugget out of what is going on here, it, it, there are two. 
One of them is the scope memo. The scope memo was in August of 2017. Rod Rosenstein signed a, a letter saying, Mr. Mueller, I want you to investigate X. Well, it turns out that the scope memo was written by Mueller's Henson team of Democrats, which is not what should occur. What should occur is that Rod Rosenstein should be sitting above and they may come to him and say, look, we think this is what's going on. Then, as Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein's job would have been to independently verify what they're talking about and make his own determination on the contents of that letter. Why? This was no ordinary investigation. Indeed, this is the most, one of the most important and troubling investigations in U.S. history. And so for him to just sign off on whatever they wanted was a clear dereliction in duty, as was the other nugget that we find here when he says that I basically just signed off on that last FISA warrant because it had been done before and I didn't independently verify. If you're new to a job like his, attorney general, and you're coming into one of the most important investigations in American history, simply buying what your team tells you is not good enough. You should go in there with a fresh set of eyes. And so for me, the two big nuggets here is that Rosenstein basically just signs off and doesn't do his job. And then worse, he lets the Mueller henchmen, and that's what Weizman and those are, determine their own course of action so that they could go off and persecute a newly elected president. Yeah, basically, let me stop Other you there because we're good job. Yeah, that was a good job. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break in a moment. Pick it up on 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 the other side. Basically, Jeff Sessions. Uh, recusing himself, handed the keys to the liquor cabinet and uh, to Rosenstein, who then handed them off to the drunks, uh, Mueller. But I actually saw it a little bit differently than you. And you're going to stay over for a second segment. And we're going to talk about that. Before we go, though, I want to go to the phones real quick because it looks like Fran- Francesca is on the phone and she's got an answer to my question. Hi, Francesca. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, uh, my, the color of my skin is brown, and my last name is Hispanic. So they think that I'm their slave, and they speak for me. But when they ask, uh, ask me, or they, they, why are you Republicans? All of them are racist, and they have privilege, and I'm supposed to have, you know, uh, I'm the poor person. I answer to them. I do not play the game to begin with. I answer to them. Look at uh, Hillary Clinton. The Clintons are white. The Bill Gates are white. The George Soros that pays for this uh, demonstration, there is Antifa in every single country, pays for all of them. He's white and he's a billionaire. So uh, uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, that is also a billionaire, communist, all of them are communists. So they are not, uh, they're really not asking me if to look at the white people because they're racist. What they're telling me, because I, I have a color on my skin, they're telling me, you're so stupid, and you're going to do whatever I want to. And white people are going to be so stupid, they're also going to do whatever I want to. So I call the, that a, like a dance. They yes. say something that actually they don't. So we need to ask, answer the question in actually what they don't 
really asking for. So they are not asking to see if you are white and you are privileged. Because if you are asking a Spanish, a Spanish or Mexican person, they say black people are privileged. Yeah, it's just it's all about identity politics, Francesca. Thank you for calling. It's all about dividing us up into groups, telling each different group, whether it's the women or whether it's uh, the African-Americans or whether it's the Hispanic community or whether it's the LBGT community. It's all about dividing everybody into groups, telling each group that they're victims and they're victim. They're being victimized by either the Republicans and or America. And that if you just vote for the Democrats, they're going to give you something. But what 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 hopefully. Uh, every group that the left is trying to exploit will will see now what has gone down with these shutdowns, what has gone down with the riots. This is what your life will be like permanently if the Democrats and the liberals ever get full control of our government again. It will be them shutting down businesses at will. It will be them seizing everybody's business whenever they want it to be. It will be them destroying businesses and what and burning them down and controlling everybody's lives and deciding you get to go to church, you don't. Or you, Every aspect of our lives will be controlled. It will be just like Venezuela. And hopefully... I'm I'm so glad that you get it and you see the games that they're playing, Francesca, and hopefully yes. everybody else will not just see the games, but can actually kind of see the results when you look at what's happened. 40 million Americans out of work because they've exploited mm-hmm. just like they're exploiting the death of George Floyd to push their Marxist ideology. It's the same tactics and same strategy and methods that they use to exploit the coronavirus to usher in their Marxist ideology. And everybody is being victimized in the meantime. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. I'm well past the break. So Tom Dubacar is going to stay over and we're going to continue the conversation on the other side. And if you want to give us a call, the number is 888-344-1170. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. The question of the day is, are you ready to fall on your sword and to beg for forgiveness? That seems to be the goal of these protests and what they what they think is the definition of unity, including Mad Dog Mattis, who had the gall to come out today. This man, uh, if Patton were alive, he would pimp slap the bags right off from under Mad Dog Mattis's eyes. How dare this man who's still on the payroll, still subject to the U.S. Military Code of Justice, violating the the chain of command by coming out today and comparing the current commander in chief to Hitler. Maybe this man needs to spend less time hucking, hawking climate change and read a history book. Joining me now, somebody who actually does understand history and is not out looking uh, to uh, who's actually hoping to unify America's around something that actually matters. The U.S. Constitution, not climate change, is Tom DeBacaro. All right. So, Tom, before the break, your takeaway was that Rod Rosenstein, a couple things. Number one, the scope, the scope memo was written by Lisa Page, Peter Strzok and the Mueller henchmen. And also that basically you're that Rod Rosenstein just sat back and just accepted whatever the people basically didn't do his job, which was to supervise an investigation. I look at it differently and I'll let you answer Uh, when he admitted today to Lindsey Graham that on August of 2017, at the point in which Mueller, the scope memo was written, there was no evidence of any kind that there was any Russian collusion on the part of the Trump administration. That was jaw dropping. And he knew it in that moment, and so did everybody else. And when when he played the bumbling, 
George uh, Colonel Schultz, Schultz routine of I didn't know anything and I didn't know. I just trusted everybody. I flash back to two years ago when he sat before Congress and acted indignant and outraged that anybody would question the integrity of him supervising that and went into detail two years ago of the degree in which he verified everything and all the different checks and balances that were in place and that no uh, application went to the FISA court without every I being being dotted and every T being crossed. This man was is in it up to his eyeballs. Did we lose Tom Debacar? Tom, are you there? You should sorry, be there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm here. I agree with you. And remember, in May of 17, Diane Feinstein asked on CNN, what evidence of the collusion do you have? She said none. A week later, James Clapper, highest spy in the country, was asked, what evidence did you have? And he said, as of the time I left, I did see it. So there never was that time. So I agree with you. He, he signs a scope memo outlined by them, with, and there never was any evidence to do this. So, and even Patrick Leahy was troubled by, by some of the things that he's saying. So, yeah, there's just many angles to go here, including the fact that McCabe and, and him are at each other's throats about who's lying about what. And so this has a long way to go. And it's very possible that Rosenstein perjured himself today, but we need an attorney general in Durham to, to pound this home. And hopefully what Lindsey Glenn's collecting here adds to what Durham's doing. Yeah, I was one of the things that stuck out at me that I was particularly concerned about was the, the exchange with Cornyn out of Texas. And this thing about Comey, the criticism of Comey uh, in any way that he dared to disparage the Hillary Clinton campaign. When Rosenstein talked about the reason, one of the reasons why he wanted to fire Comey was that he uh, assumed the role of the Department of Justice into the press conference. And when we don't charge people, uh, if we're not going to charge people with a crime, he says, Rosenstein says, then we don't come out and lay out evidence against people to disparage people. Shame on Cornyn. For Corner didn't say a word about the crimes. So much of the aspect of, of this was not just about it, it, surveilling the Trump campaign and trying to interfere with the election. It was about covering up the crimes of Hillary Clinton and covering up the fact that the, it was the DNC colluding with foreign governments to craft a dossier of smears and lies in which they could go to a court. And and and, you know, illegally spy on the opposition. And so to hear John Cornyn say that the issue with Comey, part of the issue with Comey was that he disparaged Hillary Clinton was incredibly disturbing to me. I didn't think that the Republicans really went even halfway as far as they should have. The only one that actually even halfway rose to the occasion was Ted Cruz. And that was just but he didn't even have enough time. But at least he was the one who had the audacity to say that this stunk far worse than Watergate and went all the way to the Oval Office with Obama. Yeah, I don't know why you stopped there, because the other thing Corden didn't didn't say, which he should have, was, well, wasn't the whole Mueller report a way to disparage the president? Yeah. And of course it was. And that was the whole point. And you may not remember this, but in January of last year, 2019, I was already talking on air about that will not actually charge anything, but he will seek to disparage the president. And that's what he did. So it was a massive political operation to do what you just described. 
and and the Republicans didn't go after it for that. No, but, you know, there's many witnesses to go. Well, it was. Um, it, that was at least that there, that the thing about the scope memo was huge today. The revelation, the admission on his part that there was no there there in August of 2017 and that this went on dragged on another year and a half after that was absolutely huge. Of course, it's not getting any play anywhere. Um, something else that jumped out at me was him. Um, the uh, the uh, him acknowledging, well, if I had known the exculpatory evidence, I wouldn't have signed the FISA warrants. Not good enough, but at least it's on the record that he said that. Something else that jumped out at me is he refused to acknowledge. This was a man that just was he's he's a liar. This man is a is a professional liar, Rosenstein. He's never going to be held to account. But at least but at, at least I got the enjoyment of watching him squirm when it was pointed out that the attorney who manufactured evidence, we had the FBI and the DOJ literally manufacturing evidence yeah. against a political rival and the attorney who did it, whose names we, whose name we still don't know, actually worked for Rosenstein at the time. This is an absolute scandal of, of should be. It, it should be. But the fact that Obama did some speech at five o'clock today, the fact that Hillary's still going around brazenly saying, I don't believe that anybody's ever going to be held accountable for it. And it's absolutely disturbing place to be. And, you know, Rosenstein probably still has a clearance and he's probably still at least getting his pension check. And it's it's at, at the uh, top of the show. I said we do. It, they're right. The people out there protesting. We do have unequal justice in this country. We do have two sets of of. Uh, laws in this country, one for Democrats and one for Republicans, one for the elites and one for the peasants. And I don't know. It remains to be seen. We'll have to leave it here. It remains to be seen if Barr and Durham are actually going to restore at least some semblance of law and order and equal justice for all. I don't think that can happen with Christopher Ray at the FBI. I wanted to get into this A.B., law that everybody that was trending today on Facebook assembly bill, California assembly bill that had to do with, um, it had to do with facial recognition because I found it interesting that the ACLU and all these leftists, all these lefties that have been pushing for contact tracing, pushing for, you know, uh, big government and to tell us how far we got to stay apart from each other and what businesses need to do are suddenly pushing back against facial recognition. What can you tell us in about a minute about this AB bill and why it matters. Um, first of all, the big announcement that's going to come out next week, I hope to do so on your show as well. Number two, the the answer is facial recognition. The issue is when you go into a store or a restaurant or some other building, government building, they're going to start using facial recognition, including with hiring employees. And so the question is, what rights do you have vis-a-vis that? The ACLU's argument is, you should have opt-in rights, which means that you shouldn't automatically have be put into a database unless, of course, you agree to it. Now, the problem with that is government has cameras all over the place already, and we don't have it there. They want to pass it. They want, are supporting a bill that would give you those opt-in rights with respect to private businesses. That's pretty interesting. We're okay with government doing it, but not the private right. sector. This is a fight that will be seen, will go on for years to come. 
Well, it, it's it's really scary. I, you know, um, technology has many advantages, but at this point, it's really it, it's crossed over into just a, an effective tool for the Marxists to use against us at this point. And I'd be more than happy to give up my phone and an iPad if it's going to be used against me in some way. Tom, thank you for being here. I appreciate all that you you contribute to the next show. Next week, next week, next week, big announcement. All right, I can't wait to hear it. We'll have you on. All right, now um, we're going to take a break. We come back. We got to talk NFL. We got to talk the military because there's more news today coming out about that. What was this defense secretary thinking today? We got to talk about that and a little NFL. So don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. You want to hear how stupid some of our fellow San Diegans are? Here's a tweet. We know that there's a protest going on in Mira Mesa right now. San Diegans, apparently rocks and possibly bricks, have been set up around Mira Mesa High School to tempt people to use them today. Do not pick up rocks. This is police trying to provoke violence in a peaceful protest. Police. I think it's the other way around. It ain't police deliver. We have had, we have seen pallets and pallets and pallets of, of mysteriously bricks show up, mysteriously showing up everywhere, and and people are alleging this is the police department. Yeah, please. That's insane. Knock your crap off. Speaking of insanity, uh, my man Drew Brees and I took some heat because I was still supporting the Saints last year. People like, oh, the NFL after all this Kaepernick stuff and. And all of that, you know, I don't I don't support the NFL. I support the Saints. You know, want to know why? Two words. Drew Brees. What that man did for New Orleans at post Katrina post Katrina was unbelievable. Harry Connick Jr., Mr. Liberal, he ran off with his family to Connecticut. It was Drew Brees did so much for that town and for that state. Yeah, I'm not even an NFL fan, but I have a lot of respect for Drew Brees. Well, he was in an interview today, and he said, if the players kneel this season in protest, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag. Oh, and so now my QB is my QB is trending on Twitter because, oh, he's supposed to be like Matty Ice out of Atlanta, who begged for forgiveness and did all these tweets about his white privilege, what we were talking about at the open of the show. See, this is whatever, this is the new demand, that you're, you're, you are a racist. Unless you're willing to basically announce that you're a racist and be willing to beg for forgiveness from people that you haven't committed any crime against. And Drew Brees is not going to do that. And what he's saying is. And and he gets the fact that you can you can admit that that something bad, bad, bad things happen to good people. You cannot legislate away evil. You cannot legislate away bad acts in this country. There. It's always going to be there. Every industry, every organization, every every there's always going to be bad people doing acts. That does not mean that this entire country is evil. This is the greatest country in the face of the earth. And basically what he's saying is, and he was correct about this. This isn't about if you if you want to, he said, I'm not going to res- allow anybody to disrespect the flag. And the people on the left today were like, well, you know, this isn't about, uh, I think it was, who's the quarterback from Green Bay? He was like, this isn't about the anthem of a flag. Of course it is. This is about destroying the fabric of our nation. 
That's what we need to be unifying around. We need to be unifying around the fact that we're not perfect, but we are the greatest country in the history of the world. And there is a very specific reason why Colin Kaepernick and others chose that moment of a football game. Drew Brees is like, I'll kneel at some other moment, but I'm not going to do it. I will, I will join a protest, but not in that moment. Because in that moment, we need to be – that was supposed to be a moment of unity of all Americans at the game. And there's a reason why in the games they chose, the left chose that moment to protest because it's about d- division. It's about fostering hate among Americans. Drew Brees is the one who's trying to foster unity around love of country. We're not perfect. But let do we need to remind everybody? Maybe this is the time that we need to remind Americans – What Alveda King said the other day in an interview, it was actually blacks that sold blacks into slavery back in Africa. Terry Sticks and I were just talking about this today. Yeah. And and oh, by the way, who who was the party of slavery? The Democrats. Who's the party of the KKK? Democrats. Not Republicans. But this is this country. And oh, by the way, you look around the rest of the world. Who's got who what system? provides the greatest amount of opportunity for the greatest number of his people. This is why we got to struggle at the border because there is no other country in the world that, that gives you the opportunity that America does. And it is because of the system that we've got, however imperfect, that has been the country that has had the greatest amount of innovation. We're the country of the light bulb, the, uh, the airplane, a flight, of the automobile. You think of all the, the world's innovations, and it all came out of this country. And it was because of that, the prosperity that we had, that provided, made, made sure that we're the country that provided the greatest amount of humanitarian aid and military aid around the, uh, around the world. You're not helping any community here in in your local community in your state in this country or the world when your when your goal is to destroy the fabric of this country when your goal is to tear down america and to say that america is inherently evil this is the greatest country in the history of the world and the left is seeking to destroy it and you can see the damage you can see their end game right now with 40 million americans it's not un- that unemployed. difficult to see right you can see it's the it's the democrats that have destroyed 40 million lives of Americans and destroyed business for no reason by exploiting the coronavirus for power. It has been the Democrats that used the death of George Floyd as an opportunity. It's the Democrats burning down buildings, the Democrats planting bricks everywhere to destroy. It's the Democrats burning down other minority businesses. They're the ones fostering division. You know what, Mad Dog Mattis? You want to talk about uh, divide and conquer? That's been the game of the Democrats, not the games of the the Republicans. He says Trump has done nothing to try to unite Americans. That's what his whole campaign was about in 2016. And let me remind everybody this. First Step Act, money for historical black colleges, lowest unemployment rate in the history of this country, opportunity zones. How many businesses that were burned down by Democrats, including black Democrats in this country, were businesses that were started with the help of President Trump? That was that was on Trump, Mad Dog Mattis. And let's also remind Mad Dog Mattis that it was his rules of engagement that led and and kissing up to the Islamist over there, not allowing our military to defend themselves. That was Mad Dog Mattis's rules of engagement. And that's why he had to go out of the Trump administration. Sorry, carrot stick, uh, potato skins. I didn't give you much time to talk talk at the end. We got a huge show for you guys tomorrow night. We got Dr. Gorka. We got Congressman Biggs. And we've got Dinesh D'Souza. So y'all come on back tomorrow night. He's out.